Hear now this reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Listen now for a word from our Lord. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife, Sarai, and his brother's son, Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today, Dr. Amy Butler is a public theologian, but she began her career as a pastor at a very small Southern Baptist church, where early in her tenure, she made, well, kind of a fateful decision. She changed the way donuts were distributed on Sunday morning. For years, donuts had just been left out in the narthex for people to pick up all morning as they wished, but Dr. Butler thought it would be nice to have a fellowship hour after church and serve the donuts then. So she made the change, and the response was incendiary. Before long, an all-church meeting was called to deal with the donut problem, and at this meeting, one angry person after another stood up and question Dr. Butler's motives, her leadership, even her faith. Things came to a head when a woman stood up and said, given the entire situation, she could not be certain that the pastor believed in the gospel. Well, Dr. Butler had a moment where she imagined going home and telling her family she had been dismissed as pastor over donuts. But thank goodness, Cooler heads prevailed, and they were able to resolve the situation without firing Dr. Butler. Later, she said she learned a couple of things from that episode. First, don't mess with people's donuts. And second, change can be such an emotional thing for us, even a scary thing for us, so much so that ordinary people can end up equating methods of donut distribution with belief in the gospel. Friends, change can be unsettling for us, that's for sure. 
Change can feel threatening. Change can make us feel out of control. Even panicked, it can make us question ourselves. So oftentimes, our first sort of knee-jerk reaction to change is resistance. We just try so very hard to keep change from happening so we can feel safe and comfortable. And yet, despite our discomfort, change is a daily reality in our world. We know that. Every day, we grow older. Our children grow older. Our grandchildren grow older. Things like jobs change. Neighborhoods change, churches change, schools change. People are born and people die. Cities change. Friends, look at the change in the city of Austin in the last 10 years. Long-term residents have told me that they can hardly recognize the skyline anymore. Maybe some of you are sitting here this morning and feel like that. Whoever said that the only constant is change was correct. Change has happened, change is happening, change will happen. So the big question in life is not how to keep all change at bay, but instead, when and how to embrace it. And really, that's always been the big question, even back in Old Testament times. We heard the story this morning about a man named Abram, who will later be known as Abraham. Abram was in his mid-70s when God spoke to him. Now, I know that might sound like he was a little bit older, but keep in mind that Abraham lived to be 175 years old, so in his 70s, he was a pretty young guy. He was living in a prosperous city, a center of trade and commerce. When God spoke to him and said, Hey, Abram, I want you to pack up and go. Leave behind your home, your extended family, take your stuff, your immediate family, and go to a land that I will show you. I will bless you. Your name will be great. And in fact, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And so what does Abram do? Well, the text is pretty succinct here. It just says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. He, he packed up his stuff and he took his family and he moved to a brand new unknown land to live a brand new unknown life. Wow. Think about that for a moment. Wow. I mean, it, it seemed like Abraham was living a pretty good life, right? He was in a good spot, had his family around him, and yet when presented with radical change, rather than resist, he embraced it. Why? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. First, I think that Abraham understood that even if change makes us personally uncomfortable, that personal discomfort may be outweighed 
by benefit to the greater good. I doubt that Abraham was initially thrilled when God told him to pick up and go to a new place, to leave his extended family behind, his home, everything that he knew, and go to this unknown land. But God said that through that move, Abraham would be blessed to be a blessing. And I think that is one of the primary reasons that Abraham embraced that change. Friends, when we have change before us, I believe this is an important threshold question. Is the change something that will benefit the greater good? Will it build God's kingdom? Will it bless other people? Well, if the answer is yes, we might be wise to embrace the change rather than dig in and resist it. When I was in seminary, I had a dear friend who was a student pastor. He was serving a church in Louisiana and commuting back and forth to Dallas to go to Perkins. His church was quite small. It was an old church, historic church. And it was in decline. There were very few members left. And when this new young pastor arrived, the few members in the church said, oh, we want to grow. Help us grow. Help us welcome some new people here. And so he assessed the situation and said, you know, I think a, a growing edge for us is welcoming new visitors into our church. So here's a first step to growth. Let's build a very small welcome desk in the narthex, a place where a person can sit, uh, on Sunday morning, a friendly face to welcome people in, answer questions, hand out information about the church, stuff like that. My friend thought this was a wonderful idea. You would have thought he suggested burning down the building. Immediately, an entire cadre of anti-welcome desk people came out of the woodwork. No, they said. We've never had a welcome desk here. We don't do it like that. We are not building a welcome desk. We'll wrestle you to the mat over the welcome desk. Then a very prominent member of the church made an appointment with my friend, and she said that if so much as a scrap of wood appeared on the campus to build a welcome desk, her family would leave the church. And friends, her family had belonged to that church for generations. Well, this went on for the bulk of a year. And in the meantime, the very few visitors that little church received came and went, came and went, and the church continued to decline. My friends, when change is before us, the threshold question is whether the change might benefit the greater good. And this question is as important, if not more important, than whether the change makes us personally comfortable or not. In the case of Abraham, thanks be to God, he embraced the change despite any personal discomfort he may have had because, because he did that he ultimately became a font of blessing for generations of people, including you and me. Friends, the second reason I think that Abraham embraced that change, radical as it was, 
Now, that's an obvious one, and I think you already know it. It's because he was a person of faith. He knew God. He trusted God. He was in relationship with God. When God spoke to Abraham, he knew who was speaking to him. You might have noticed at the very beginning of the story, when God says, hey, Abraham, pick up and move, Abraham doesn't say, um, hold on a second, who is this? Abraham has been digging that well of faith, and it was there for him when he was thirsty. Do you know what I mean? He knew God. He trusted God. He was in relationship with God, and so he knew that he could depend upon God to guide him for discernment, for strength, for presence. He knew that God would never leave him, and that God would continue to guide him even during that very difficult move. Friends, when we face change, it's the same for us. We can cling to God when change is before us and know that even if we feel a little discombobulated by the change, even if it feels threatening or we're a little afraid, that God's love for us and God's presence with us will never change. And we can hang on to that. This is why the Apostle Paul could say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Indeed, we can. Even when the change that faces us challenges us deeply, we can navigate through it. We can survive and even thrive if we will lean into the power and presence of God. We will cling to our faith. I'll close with this. A favorite story of mine, there was an evangelist who was asked to come preach a revival at a church. This evangelist was well known for his preaching, so everyone was looking forward to hearing him speak. The first night of the revival, the church was packed, and he came in and walked instead of to the pulpit to the piano. And he sat down and began to play. After a few minutes, he began to sing softly. I will, I will, I will. And he just kept repeating that, playing this tune and singing, I will, I will, I will. After a while, the congregation picked up on it. They joined him and began to sing. And then the whole church just filled with this music. As together, in full voice, they sang, I will, I will, I will. And then suddenly, the evangelist stopped playing and he closed his eyes in prayer. And he said, Lord, you've heard our answer. Now give us your question. Friends, I believe that was Abraham's attitude in life. More than anything, he wanted to be faithful to God's call on him and his family. And so he was willing to follow where God led. And friends, I pray that we as a people, as the church, as Terrytown United Methodist Church, will also live into that attitude. That our highest concern will be faithfulness. That when change is before us, the first thing we'll ask is, Lord, what would you have us do? Change comes. Change is coming. But we can survive and even thrive, friends, if we will lean into our faith and put God and God's values first 
God is with us. The father of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The father of Jesus of Nazareth. That's your father and mine too. Will you pray with me? Most gracious God, we give you thanks for even in the midst of great change, you are with us. Your power and your presence and your love abides. Lord, give us courage to assess change with an open heart, looking first to always build your kingdom and be faithful to your call. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.